four weeks ago, we spoke on the grace of God, salvation by grace. The week after that, we spoke on the woman taken in adultery and how the grace of God was bestowed upon her even though she was guilty, but yet not condemned by Christ. And we spoke last week about the woman at the well and how she stood there and talked with Christ and did not know who He was until He, until he revealed Himself to her. Yep. All of this teaching us the grace of God. The last two weeks, speaking about a woman, and you can think about that as I told you both times, it's the church, the bride of Christ, and how we are guilty and condemned, yet the Lord condemns us not. And how we come to know God when He reveals Himself to us. Made mention last week or week before one why we have salvation, why we know God. We always go to Ephesians 1 and 4 and speak of the election of grace that we're holy and without blame before God the Father in love because of the covenant that was made before the foundation of the world. Our God is a covenant God. Let's talk about that just a little bit, Lord willing. If we turn to Genesis chapter 2, we will find that God had created all things upon the earth for His purpose. The last thing He created from the earth was the man He made from the ground breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and man became a living soul. The last thing God made to complete it and to make it perfect was the woman, the wife, the mother of the family, as we've just heard about. Let's pick up in verse 8 of chapter 2. Everything was being made good and everything was being made upright. God is a covenant God. The covenant of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. All of creation, all of salvation, our eternity in glory, the eternity of the wicked and the lake of fire because of their evil, us not being condemned, us being saved, all these things were agreed upon in covenant by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. God is perfect. He works in unity. They all have the same divinity. They all have the same power. All the same knowledge. The three in one God. When God created man, we find in verse 8, the Lord God planted a garden in this perfect, beautiful world as it was then. Now it's corrupted with sin. Now it will have to be destroyed. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there He put the man whom He had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life 
also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Here's a tree of life, a tree of eternity, eternal life. And I do believe that was a tree that God put there. And there was also the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We come down and we find in verse 15 where God makes a covenant with Adam. I want you to notice Eve is not yet created from the body of the man. God made covenant with Adam. God made covenant with man. By one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. He put him in there to do what God created him to do, to replenish the earth, to subdue it, to worship God. They would walk with Christ in the Garden. The Bible teaches us that the pre-incarnate Son of God would walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. He spoke with them. He talked with them. This was a normal everyday occurrence because when they heard His voice in the garden after sin, they hid from Him. God told him in verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Here's the covenant that God made with Adam. Of every tree of the garden, thou, one man in this entire world, mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. This is a covenant that God made with man. The man Adam, all things were good and upright, perfect in creation. But man is a creature. He's not a creator. He's not immortal. He's not God. He's a mortal man. And even in that state of perfection, not knowing good and evil, he was not a God. Therefore, he by his nature cannot sustain what God had placed on him. God made a covenant with him. Eve was not yet in existence. She followed this and came forth from the body of the man. But to make my point, God made covenant with Adam. This covenant was a covenant of life and death. This covenant was a covenant of obeying God and disobeying God. Adam, through the vanity of the perfection of the flesh and all that God had created in His pristine beauty on the morning of the first light when the sons of God shouted for joy. And the beauty of that was beguiled by Satan. This covenant was made. Adam transgressed God's covenant. And there was no way in that covenant for Adam to recover. He was condemned, he was guilty, and he deserved death and the lake of fire. Find it quick enough, I'll read you Hosea 6, verse 6, speaking of that day where the Scripture says, 
For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings, but they, like men, have transgressed the covenant. They have dealt treacherously against me. Adam transgressed the covenant. There was no recovery. But before this covenant was made between God and Adam, the Godhead had made covenant already that the Son of God would come into the world and die for those the Father gave Him and make us holy and without blame before God the Father in love. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. If I find it quick enough, it tells us very plainly I'll start with verse 8. Be not therefore thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. Here's my point. Verse 9. Who hath saved us? Present past tense. Hath saved us. And called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That covenant was made with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Before He spoke the world into existence. And Adam transgressed and there was no way for Adam to recover. Chapter 9, we spoke about this somewhere in the last few weeks. When God flooded the world, when the world was so corrupt, and it's the same way today, that it repented the Lord. Does that mean it changed his mind? That means it sorrowed the Lord that he created man on the earth. And by grace, Noah found favor in God's eyes. And God spared Noah and his family. Why? Because our God is a covenant God and the Godhead had agreed in a covenant to save his people in Christ. After the flood, after everything that breathed the breath of life was dead except that which was upon the ark that God had put there in grace, They came forth from the ark and God spake unto Noah chapter 9 verse 8 Genesis. And I behold I will establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you and with every living creature that is with you of the fowl of the cattle of every beast of the earth with you for all that shall go forth out of the ark to every beast of the earth and I will establish my covenant with you neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of the flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. Scientists today will tell you that the that part of the earth there at the corner of Africa and Asia where creation began, there the river Euphrates, that that area was flooded. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the entire world was flooded. There was not enough water for that big to differ. The fountains of the deep came forth, the sky and the firmament of water around the earth in the atmosphere melted. It dropped water and it was flooded. God made covenant with man that He would not destroy the earth by water anymore. That was some 6,000 years ago, we have floods. We have flash floods. We have landslides. All these things are a result of Adam's sin and the sin of man. 
It rained when sin started for God's judgment upon the earth. But yet God made covenant He'd never flood the earth again. And this entire world has not been flooded since that time. The Godhead made covenant. The Godhead made covenant to save His people. To love His people. In Genesis 3, in verse 15, after Adam fell, God, the Godhead in covenant, God speaking to the serpent, speaking to Satan, yet covenanting with man, with Adam, and with the seed of the woman. That represents the children of faith, those born again, those the Father gave to the Son, the elect of God. That He would send a Savior. Because you remember, there was no recovery for Adam in that first covenant. But the Godhead, the Godhead in the covenant, the eternal covenant, that provided a Savior who would come. Eternal life. Genesis 12, our God is a covenant God. God in the Genesis 12 told Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Abraham himself would be a blessing. This is a covenant of God with the man Abraham. The Bible teaches us that Abraham is our father. I do not have the blood of Abraham in my body. My DNA is lily white from Japan and spread abroad through northern Europe. That's my DNA. How is Abraham my father? Because God made covenant with Abraham. He spoke to him. He revealed himself unto him. He gave him life. He, uh, he gave him birth. And he made covenant with him. That he would make his name great. And that he should be a blessing to the other children of God because he believed God. Why did he believe God? Because God revealed himself to him. And in this covenant, God made with him, we see the kingdom in the world. We see the kingdom. It's a representation of the church of God. Chapter 15, the book of Genesis. You read these. The Lord came to Abram. The word, the name Abram means exalted one. God had exalted Abram. God makes covenant with Abram. He said, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. God is our shield. We have the providence of God in our life and a wall around us in Christ. God is our shield. And He's our exceeding great reward because He walks with us in this world. And the closer we strive to walk with God, the closer we realize the presence of God there. God is our reward. Why? Because of covenant. Because God said it would be and God cannot lie and it will be no matter what happens in this world. Abraham had no child. He prayed to God to have a child. 
God told him. God plainly told him. That the seed would come forth through his bowels. Verse 5 of 15 of Genesis. He brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars. How many are there? How many are there? We can't even see them all. And tell the stars, if thou be able to number them, and say, he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Speaking of the children of God, those that would believe God, those that would be accounted as righteous in the imputed righteousness of Christ. Because God made covenant with the Godhead that it would be so. And he believed in the Lord. Why? God revealed it to him. God made covenant with him. And he counted it to him for righteousness. God promised him. He said in verse 18, the same day that that sacrifice was made, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying unto thy seed have I given this land. He's speaking of the land of the Ites, that God would drive out the inhabitants and give to them for a kingdom in this world. Chapter 17, Abraham, Abram was 99 years old. God said, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. That is a tall order we could not attain to without the grace of God. We have the grace of God. I hope you realize now by the covenant made because of Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, the election of grace, that Christ would have a people to worship Him in spirit and truth in heaven and immortal glory without fail, without sin. I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And that's exactly what Abraham means. A father of many nations. Well, Sarai, whose name he changed to Sarah, was old and barren. God told him that at the set time of next year, she would conceive. That's a covenant God made with Abraham. You will have a child. You're old. Your bowels are dead. Fear not. I am the giver of life. And Christ is the life. And by the covenant of the Godhead, I covenant with you. And the seed that shall come forth from her shall be called Isaac. And He is the promised seed. And He is a type of Christ. A picture of the Lord who would be born. Because from the lineage of Isaac would come the Christ. From the lineage of Abraham would come the Christ. From David's lineage there would be come the Christ. We see the blessings of God. I'm looking for Exodus and I stopped in Genesis. Exodus 6. 
God made promise when He sent Moses into Egypt. He said, Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm, and with great judgment. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you forth bringeth you from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the, unto the land by covenant that He promised to Abraham concerning that which I did to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and I will give it to you for an heritage. I am the Lord. God made covenant with His people that He would deliver them from the bondage of Egypt. He destroyed Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea because he made covenant and God cannot lie. Exodus 19, the Lord called Moses up upon the mountain. God said, beginning in verse 4, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bare you on eagles' wings and brought you unto Myself. Now therefore, if you will obey My voice indeed and keep My covenant then you should be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. The covenant of the law in verse 20, which we did not keep, which we break. Jeremiah. Children of Israel are in bondage. Well, the Israel exists no more. The children of Judah are in bondage. We find verse thirty-one of Jeremiah thirty-one. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. A covenant is made by one to another. The lesser is always blessed of the better. God made covenant with His people. In every covenant God made, we break the covenant. God is the keeper of the covenant because the covenant was made before the foundation of the world between the Godhead, Father, Word, and Holy Spirit, and it cannot be broken. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts 
and will be their God, and they shall be my people, and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them there said I, unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, and I will remember their sin no more. Hebrews 10, we find this covenant mentioned. Speaking of the covenant, Paul to the Jewish people. Speaking of the law that God gave to Moses, which they justified themselves by. The law is here. It's our school, was our schoolmaster. It brought us unto Christ. The law shows the righteousness of God. And when grace is revealed, the law teaches us that we are not God, that we are sinners, that there are none that sinneth not. We come so very short, so very short, like the dust of the balance. Our sin outweighs our righteousness. There's nothing but dust in the balance of our righteousness and our sin have weighed it down. He talks about in verse 6 of Hebrews 10, and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, all the animals killed. I read of tens of thousands of animals killed in the temple the day they presented it in the days of Solomon. None of that blood did anything but bring our sin to remembrance that we're all sinners. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God, above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. Galatians 3, we read verse 16. Let me go to 15. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. That's the law. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereunto. Now to Abraham and his seed, God's people, the believers were the promises made. And saith, he saith not unto seeds as of many, but as one seed, thy seed, which is Christ. I'll get back to that in a moment if I have a minute. One seed, that's Isaac, a type of Christ. The law did not disannul the covenant. God, because Christ fulfilled the covenant of the law in His crucifixion by substituting Himself for us upon the cross of Calvary. Why? Because the God had made covenant before the world was. That God would save His people from their sins. Back to Hebrews 10. 
then said, He, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that He may establish the second by the which will. We are sanctified. We're separated from our sin. We're brought unto God. We're made holy. Sanctification. Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That doesn't mean every son of Adam. That means every son of God. There are many sons of Adam. And we know there's a hell and therefore there are some that will not be in glory. There are many sons of God. And a son is a son. And there are disciples, which are the remnant that God preserves that walk and strive to discipline themselves by turning away from the world. Why do we have these things? I'll cover some of that briefly second. And the second, because of the covenant that God made. This is a covenant and if you read further down 16 this is the covenant that i will make with them after those days said the lord i will put my laws into their hearts and into their minds will i write them and their sins and their iniquities will i remember no more second samuel i got five minutes second samuel chapter seven let's think about the church Let's think about the church. Samuel's before Chronicles. Back up. God made covenant with David. 7 and 12. And God speaking to David. And when thy days, his life, be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. David desired to build a house of God for God. David was a man of war. But his heart was right with God. God plainly told him, Thou shalt not build my house, me a house, but thy son shall build me a house. Now, Solomon built the house. All the things that he built the house with in a type and a shadow came from outside the land of Canaan. The beams, the cedars, the stones, the gold, the silver, everything came from outside the land of Canaan. That teaches us of the Gentile church that God, Isaiah 49, would call from far. And all the children of God would be brought into the kingdom of God because God made covenant. We saw Solomon build the house. Solomon sat upon the throne. We saw many kings, many kings from the lineage of David. And at the time they were in bondage of the Roman army and things were terrible. Men did whatever they pleased to do. And I'm talking about the religious hypocrites, the religious elite among the Jews. But God made covenant. And God cannot lie. 
And so we see in Luke chapter 1, the angel said unto Mary, her, fear not, Mary, thou hast found favor with God. That's verse 30. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. His name was called Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. That was part of the covenant made between the Godhead who cannot lie and which cannot be broken, that the living Word of God would be made flesh and come into this world and suffer and bleed and die. He came from the lineage of David. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto Him the throne of His father David. Second Samuel 7.12 being fulfilled because God made covenant with David as God made covenant with Adam with all His people, as God made covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, as God made covenant with the Godhead. And He shall reign over the house of of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. <laughs> That's better than a Perry Mason. It all works together because God made covenant in the Godhead. You cannot make covenant with one and we have a three in one God. Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. You can rest on that covenant. You can rest on that because God cannot lie. And we, we do rest in that. And we're thankful for it.